Hey, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are currently live in the breakout room. We've got a guest that is a really special guest. Normally, as an author or a writer, I would put them into the other podcast, which is Let's Just Read. But this intriguing story has led me to believe that there's something more deep and fascinating about this individual who I'm about to introduce in the breakout room live right now. His information says he's a healthcare finance professional and actuary and currently running a healthcare startup. And he's primarily known for his efforts at innovating healthcare. And his LinkedIn profile and his consultant website will attest to that. But he says he had the good fortune one day to meet one of the main characters in the story. And as he began to understand more of her life and couple together the pieces of her story, first he was awestruck and amazed, and then he became curious. How did these pieces fit together? So, let's introduce to the studio this gentleman, Mark Jamilkowski. Great to How be you? here, Charles. I'm fantastic. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but it's nothing right. unusual, probably endemic to the entire world of live streaming, podcasting, <laughs> you name it. Yep. Um, you know, control, a... alt, delete, reboot your computer. It still works. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 years later, it's still the thing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, Mark, I want to get right to it. Sure thing. You have been involved in basically the medical and financial world. For such a long time. Yes, sir. You have cemented yourself. You have built a reputation. And folks mostly know you for mm -hmm. that genre of core competencies. Correct. How did you get that deep feeling, that aha moment? I don't know if I'm using the right term to describe mm. it. To eventually write such an interesting piece. What was that moment like for you? You know, um, it, it, the funny thing is, it, 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 I was doing something for myself. Uh huh. And I think what it started off as is just a personal passion. Um, I wanted to first, un I couldn't make sense of all the pieces as I began to understand more of this woman, Clara, and, and more of her life. I didn't understand how all the pieces fit together. And then I started asking myself questions like, well, how did you end up there? And you were like seven. What were your parents doing? And, and who were your parents? And want to know more about them. And it just is, is like pulling on a piece of taffy, right? It just got longer and longer and longer. More and more questions. I'm an avid reader. And in my old age, I found myself drawn towards uh, history, in particular philosophy, and uh, just started reading more about these time periods in a way that was fresh. Yeah, not studying it for a test, right? Uh, not studying it for having to regurgitate or write an essay about something, but just with fresh interest. And um, I started taking notes because it was hard to keep all of the facts and figures straight. Uh huh. Soon I found myself with 18 pages of notes. Mm. 
And I said to myself, well, 18 pages of notes, figure 10 pages of written word per page of notes. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is something. Yeah. And so I started one day, it was COVID related, you know, business was slow. I sat down and I started writing. And I'm pulling the pieces together and I'm trying to tell a story. And I just kind of, it just kind of came out of me. And um, I think the moment you're looking for is the, why did you sit down to write it in the first place? And I think the reason I decided to sit down and try to write it in the first place had more to do with the, the, the idea that it was built up, it was inside of me, you know, and I just had, I had to get it out. You know, mm. I had a, I had some sort yeah. of energy or passion yeah. to tell this story and tell it in a way that was really going to be complete, right? And try yeah. to get it all put all together. Right? And yeah. so I, I worked on it for a while, and it really just it really just flowed out of me. I would say it took me like three four months just to get it out. Okay. But the idea of of moving it beyond that really just became a matter of time at that point i didn't know what i had mind you i'm not an i'm not a writer as you mentioned in my interview in, in the intro i'm an actuary i'm a finance guy i'm all about numbers i'm not a writer didn't go to school for writing and i've never envisioned myself writing a book and i didn't know what even to call it i called it a project i have this project <laughs> And I actually looked for ghostwriters. Wow. I, I, I considered what I had written, which at that time stood at about 160 pages, to be basically a sophisticated, rough outline. There was no dialogue. Mm. I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to write dialogue. Okay. So I said, you know, I, I've got something, maybe somebody else who's more skilled, more adept, can do something with this. And I asked a couple people, there's a couple of platforms that draw your community, like in your neighborhood together. And I went on one of them and, and I said, I, I'm looking for somebody to read this. Is it interesting? Do you want to be a ghostwriter? Do you want to finish it out for me? You know, elevate it, bring it to the next level. Well, people who read it said, you know, you tell a great story, you this through. And I didn't know what to do next. I don't have any friends who are publishers, only friends who are editors. Uh, it's, it's not my, not my, no idea where to go. Yeah. And I happened to be in Austin on business, attending a conference, walk the streets, just going for a walk on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. And there happened to be the annual book fair in Austin. And I just popped in, never know what you're going to see. And a lovely woman who I met there took the time to talk with me about it. And when I described my little project, she says, oh, you have a manuscript. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I have a manuscript. That's what I have. And she invested in me time and effort to teach me editorial practices. She helped me understood how a dense paragraph needed to be teased out and character development needed to take place. And an interesting thing happened along the way. 
I realized I had poured more of myself mm -hmm. into this story in order to fill the gaps. Places where I didn't know what this character would have done. Uh huh. I had put more of myself mm. to that character. So in a lot of ways, the story was not only a biography of a woman who would become a mother to the, the woman who I ultimately met. Yeah. And then ultimately the connection that to me, that was the reason for all of it, but, uh -huh. but the whole thing was infused with me. Mm. So it's a biography of two women. It's an autobiography because it reflects a deep amount of who I am as a person. And the, 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 the process of creating dialogue was almost Socratic. <laughs> wow. So it really became wow. a work of philosophy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to yeah. label it historical fiction because there are pieces you just don't know and how they fit together. And that's the fiction part. Um, but for the most part, 90% of it is just straight up fact. Wow. So Mark, here's the thing. How challenging was the research to get it to the final point where it was actually pleasing enough to become a publication? Oh man, I tell you, you said pleasing. <laughs> I, I swear to God, to this day, pressing that or having my publisher press the yeah. publish button uh -huh. was a terrifying moment. Wow. And within seconds after her doing that, I said, what have I done? Oh my god. Did I really did I really need to do this? Did I really intend to do this? Wasn't this just like a fun little project for me to learn something new and like uh, just have his life experience? Just not just move on, like let it be my <laughs> little thing. Why did I publish this? Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Um the research part of it, reading about history, filling in the gaps, learning about philosophic and, and socioeconomic drivers that fueled the rise of Italy and Nazism, the, the ideas that were basically removing liberties left mm -hmm. and right from where Maria Luisa Moresco is the, is the primary character in the beginning of the book. And she has a tremendous amount of her life just constrained inside this little box that society was defining for a role of a woman during that time period. Yeah. So everything, what was going on? Why all this stuff and what was going on? And then on the opposite side, why was she inside this little box and just so adamant about pushing against the, the, the edges of that box yeah. to redefine what it meant to be her? Okay. And I found a lot of similarities in terms of, I think, the journeys that I've been on for myself and what she mm. had tried to do. Ah. So there was a lot of resonance there and it became much more about a passion to understand more of what these women went through as a lens through which to see myself. Yeah, that's fascinating, Mark. Thanks for sharing. I'm looking at the information and what I find even more deeply fascinating is something that I would love to read now 
-hmm. And it says, Maria Luisa would not conform to 1930s Italian culture. Mm -hmm. Despite suffering irreplaceable losses, she and her daughter survived World War II, murder and broken relationships. I mean, that's, that's a whole lot of intrigue all by itself right there. Yeah. He ended by saying, this is a story of the persistence and resilience of these astounding, complicated and talented women. Yes. I want to start from the last part. Okay. Talented. In what way? Oh. How did you how did you discover their talents? Nah, well, yeah. So there's um Maria Luisa herself was a concert pianist. Wow. Wow. Um she ran in the circles of some extremely famous musicians. Uh-huh. Uh was involved in some really complex social situations, especially during World War II, hanging right. out at parties with, you know, Guller and, and all and, and you know, famous generals who we've all know their names and, yeah. and like wow, you know. Hmm. Um she trained or you know, again, this is where there are no, when you open up an opera, it'll say what symphony performed. It may even tell you who the conductor is. Well, they don't go through the liner notes telling you who all the musicians were yeah. in the pit. Mm -hmm. Maria Luisa Moresco, being a concert pianist, was at least I can tell you she was good friends with Maria Callas, the opera singer. Yeah. That part I have firsthand, well, I have Clara's word for it, because Clara considered Maria Callas to be a godmother. Okay. Because she was around just that much. Mm -hmm. the, she taught uh, Kabai, uh, um, uh, I will mispronounce her last name, but mm -hmm. Kabi was also another concert pianist. Um, Okay, uh, and she was famous for being, you know, the girlfriend and wife of Ingrid Berman. Okay, so there's just this social circle. It's just mm. these famous, all these famous people, and it's just yeah. a fascinating concept just to think about just who they're hanging out with. Then she gives birth to Clara, and on one hand, you could say, well, Clara was a relatively unremarkable person. She lived her life. She survived her traumas. She did the best with what she was given. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where her talent was. Yeah. And I don't want to understate how difficult it was for her to grow up with a mother who cared more about her piano than her daughter, who used a nanny as a substitute for her mm -hmm. own presence. Um, for a child, a precocious teenager growing up on an army base in Stuttgart, that that won't lead to any trouble. Yeah, don't worry about that. That's yeah. you know, a vivacious, talent, a vivacious, outgoing, gregarious, and angry teenage girl hanging out on an army base with a bunch of American GIs. Yeah. Wow, mm. well, nothing, nothing. As a father, I mean, like. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, you just don't want uh, a lot of situations can erupt there. Yeah. 
And you just think about this from everything that she had to go through, surviving an abusive husband, the challenges she had with cancer, raising three kids on her own, ultimately finding some form of love and peace. Her resilience and strength, her ability to maintain her sense of place and self, extraordinary, just extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So here's the question, Mark. How does any of her actual story, which you've just shared some in detail with us, mm -hmm. resonate with some of the stuff that you can account for in your life? Anything yeah. in particular? Sure. Um, I don't want to give too much away because it is an interesting twist in the book. Yeah. Um, but Clara's and I's paths have crossed more than once and I just mm -hmm. didn't know about it. Okay. So finding out about this sort of really, holy cow, uh, that was, right. <laughs> um, and thinking through what she's been through, you know, our experiences were different. I grew up in a different time period, obviously. Uh, um, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not a teenage girl. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, right, right. Sense of humor, Mark. Go on, go on. <laughs> so there's, um, there were a lot of different, different timetables, different experience, different history, different background. Sure. But emotionally, Mm -hmm. some of the same challenges in terms ah. of struggling to define myself, finding a sense of peace. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I've, I, my journey has came to me really very late in life. It's yeah. not something that I, I even knew I necessarily, um, needed to, to start, but it was something that I came upon um, relatively recently, I would say last, let's say 10 years, seven mm -hmm. years. Yeah. And it's been a hard, it's been a lot of work, but the ideas of re-evaluating your life and understanding maybe you didn't have all the tools and didn't have all the knowledge. You didn't have all the wisdom you needed to make those decisions and you made yeah. mistakes, but yeah there is a certain sense of and along the same lines again with clara in terms of how she lived her life she was looking back at the stage and you know she was older and, and looking back on her life and there was a sort of a, a, a companionship through this journey of compassion if you will of understanding ourselves better and understanding more about our limitations the decisions we made at those point in time, not necessarily the best decisions, but can we forgive ourselves? Can we move forward from that? Can we find the element of balance that yeah. ultimately allows us to find some sort of peace and tranquility in the here and now? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So Mark, have you done any live book talks? Have you had the opportunity to be that circle of attention where <laughs> coming, coming from you, there's this symbiotic resonance that you spoke about 
and you were able to share it with a live audience. Did you have that experience? And what was it like? What kind of feedback did you get? You tell me. This is the first one. Ah. <laughs> Um, it's, I, it's, I, it's so I, deep. I, I mean, it's so deep, Mark. I, yeah. The story, the way you tell it, it gives me the idea of if I'm listening to you in an audience live, I want to go to where you were mm -hmm. and get that firsthand kind of experience. You know, sure. that's the feeling. That's that's what you're conveying. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know what? I, you're, that's a beautiful emotion. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, mm -hmm. it, I I've worked very hard on trying to be empathetic and being able to connect yeah. both with myself and with other people. Um, it's, I'm not always good at it. It's still yeah. very much a work in progress. Right. I feel better for the effort and, mm -hmm. and the continuous effort that I do try to pump into it. And I channeled a lot of that mm -hmm. into the actual writing of the book, especially when my publisher was forcing me to create dialogue, which, yeah. you know, I, I, I really had to put myself in in those places with those characters, whether they were in Sicily or Venice or yeah. Stuttgart or Klatsko, Poland, which are all in the book. Mm -hmm. You know, they're New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah. You know, Florida. You have to have a sense of place, but also be connected with what the people are going through during that time period. Right. Right. I am horrible at self promotion. Horrible at it. I readily admit that. And um, I was, I, quite frankly, I, 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 I don't have a big social media presence. I'm on LinkedIn, but that's about, you know, just really nothing of, of I'm not really out there in, in, in that sense. Um, not one, I, I just, I'm not an author. I don't know anything about marketing. I don't know anything about promotion. Um, Podcasting was recommended to me by uh, somebody who I who's in my choir, and um, so I'm sort of an investigation kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I rely on is this something my publisher told me. She said, "I can teach you editorial skills. I can teach you dialogue. There's only one thing I cannot teach you." Is how to tell a story. Yeah. And she said, you tell a great story. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to hang my hat on that and hook, and we'll see how far that gets me. <laughs> right now, that and 250 gets you a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'll tell you something. You actually did write a great story. You right. did. Appreciate that. Thank you. you. And it deserves something. So let me see if I could find something here. <laughs> okay, so Mark, are there any more writing desires for the future? A sequel, a follow-up, or something different? Because I think what you have recognized personally for yourself is that you have crossed a hurdle that you thought was not even possible before. You have learned so many things about yourself that you did not know before. That sense of revelation. Yes. Does it give you now the feeling that you can do another one? Um, it has given me the confidence to try. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, and actually thought about this quite a bit. And I was like, 
holy cow, are, are people going to expect me to write another book? I mean, do I have another book in me? I mean, this was pretty much a one-off. I was interviewing yeah. Clara. I got I got to know more, and it was about her and her life. And it's like, well, I don't have another Clara to write yeah. about. I don't have yeah. another biography to write. So right. this next one's got to come from me. Mm. That was, I was terrified. I was scared. Okay. No. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I, about four months ago, thereabouts, I had a dream. Mm. I don't always remember my dreams as most people, you know, and I don't keep a journal on the side of my bed to write my dreams down. But this particular dream, some, bits and pieces of it stuck. And there's this one particular image of, that I was handling an artifact, you know, like mm. in a museum kind of thing. Yeah. And I, Somebody in the dream put a name to it. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, well, whatever. So I went online and I remembered it. So I went online and I looked it up and it doesn't exist. There's uh, no such no such thing. Okay. Right. But what I what I did find was a museum, a picture of a museum artifact that was basically identical to what I saw in my dream. Wow. And I was like, well, okay. This is something. I'm gonna I'm going to see where this leads me. Um, and I would say that, well, I thought I was going to write about that artifact and like its history and maybe, maybe make it about the artifact, right? And like its history and its providence and going back to antiquity of Rome. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've now taken a slightly different thought process that maybe if you believe in messaging mm. that Wow. Possibly, as I'm uncovering more about this particular period of antiquity, Rome, that maybe it's the characters there that I was being led to and not the artifact itself. Ah, all right. It has become more of a character piece again. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> we're, we're way early in the whole process. I'm reading books. I got a big stack over here. I got, you know, reading, taking notes. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. Great. Wonderful. So tell us, Mark, do you have a mentor in your life? We all have someone who represents some form of stability that's still voice. When we have to make certain decisions, we reach out to this person. They are always there for us. It doesn't matter what time, what we are going through, but something about them and the way they listen more than anything else sort of stabilizes our intentions. Hmm. They do not necessarily tell us what to do, but they guide us, facilitate us to a certain yeah. extent. Is that person or individual available to you? And do you use that kind of medium for making decisions and stuff? You know, I, again, prior to doing just work and, and kind of being on this path toward self-development and improvement. Um, I didn't really listen well. Mm. Um, I have tried to rectify that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And um, I have several friends that fill that need. You know, okay. each, each are slightly different. Okay. Um, you know, it, there's there's a lot of conversation of uh, you know people just mindfulness and all, whatever. Um, 
there is a certain openness if you allow for a quiet moment to listen mm. even the universe the plant in the corner mm -hmm. there's mess there's there's something there to absorb people talk about you know chi and energy and oneness and all these different eastern philosophies um room for that sure to me it's the, the quietude of the mind gives a certain clarity of thought and yeah. wisdom to seep in and in that moment you yourself can be your own mentor in that regard if you allow yourself that opportunity to have that moment but in the absence of being able to do that for yourself being able to stop and push your ego aside and allow mm -hmm. somebody else to talk with you and mm -hmm. listen to what you're talking about. Yeah. The sharing, the human bonding, whether, and quite frankly, I've learned more from other people who are having a hard time or want to share something with me. I learned something about myself. So being available for other people, being open to other people, connecting with other people, you don't need you don't have a Lee Iacocca in your back corner as your as some sort of uber mentor. You just need to be able to be available. Yeah. And once you open that yourself up to that. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the connections that ultimately lead to you being able to make better decisions, you being able to have the strength, confidence, and understanding of what it's going to take to bring you joy and fulfillment. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Mark. I felt the passion that was, I was quite real. Do you have a specific line message that you want the world to get the people who read your book, who maybe even study it with mm -hmm. regards to the final status of mine? Is there something specific you want people to get from the publication? In the end, I was very purposeful for how this book was written. Yeah. You can read it quickly mm -hmm. as a light read and it will be an entertaining story. Yeah. You can read it in depth and tear apart every line mm -hmm. to see the messaging being written within those lines. Yeah. And to be to be clear, I mean, there are sections where I was so specific as to count the number of syllables being used <laughs> every in every sentence in order wow. to convey pacing. Mm. Um, I'm, I have music, um, you know, has that was not one of those things. You know, music has been a common theme. Maria Luisa was heavily involved in music. Claire was heavily involved in music. I'm heavily involved in music. So. Uh, a lot of the people who are in this sphere of these people who are in the story all have music uh, elements um, part of their background. So there's a musicality to the, the writing. And I think the one thing to kind of take away from the whole experience is that if you've read it too specifically, you're missing the forest for the trees. But if you read it too quick, 
you've only seen the forest mm. and you've missed the trees. Yeah, yeah. This is a book that's meant to be read several times. Okay. There will be something gained from it every time you read it. Yeah. Um, I've been compared to other authors. Um, I, you know, again, I, 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 I find that hard to believe. I don't, I, I hard, I have a hard, I have a hard time believing was, when I issued it, I was like, are people going to like this? And mm -hmm. I start getting the fours and the fives, mostly fives. And I'm like, do they really read it? Do they, do they mm -hmm. like it? Do they really like it? I mean, <laughs> what do they like most about it? Um, okay. so there's still a lot of insecurities associated yeah. with it. I'm just, yeah. still very much a, 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 a vulnerability, a heavy vulnerability associated with it, probably because there is so much of me yeah. poured into the book. Probably. Um, yeah. Well, so we'll, I'm, um, that's part of my growth here too, being comfortable with that vulnerability, which gives me the confidence to try the second one. Yep. And that'd be something to look forward to. I have an intriguing question and it results around the fact that you have gotten some good reviews, some good comparisons. Yeah. The history of the entire book is rich and steeped in intrigue. As I said before, it gives one the impression that you need to go and almost visit the place just to get that feel if you can. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of nostalgia coming out of the publication. Do you see the possibility of maybe a movie Oh, a that's been suggested. Tell us about been, it. That has been suggested. I mean, again, I, I'm like, I, 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 it's, I'm, uh, it's a moment of disbelief on my part. You know, <laughs> I, like, really? Something I wrote? A movie? What are you talking about? Um, uh, but yeah, people have, have mentioned that the, the, much like you have, you know, narrowed in on there and the, you know, the, the idea that there are, so many interesting elements, so many twists yeah. and turns in the story. Yeah. So many, I mean, the book literally starts with a tsunami, mm. an earthquake and a tsunami start the book. Yeah. Now that's got to set some sort of tone yes. for everything else Indeed. that's going to come. Definitely. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and fun fact, uh, the reason I decided to wind the clock back and start with that earthquake and tsunami was because I wanted to bring in uh, a thesis of water and um, destruction and turmoil right from the beginning. Hmm. Interesting. So there's, it was a lot of um, a lot of thought went into structuring it. Can all of that be conveyed in a movie setting and to to really do justice? I listen. I am surprised that people consider me a published author. I am nowhere near ready to lay claim to being a screenwriter. I will let somebody else come up with that one. If they, <laughs> if they can turn it into a movie. And like I said, people have suggested it would make a good one. We'll see, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I, I would, I would, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be fascinated. I'd be thrilled. Uh, yeah. That would be something to look forward to Mark. Very interesting indeed. So we are coming to the end of this, wow, really fascinating interview. And Mark, I would like you to really share your information. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to help you a bit. I'm going to show on the screen 
some of what I saw. Yeah. And if you would like to just say to them how you think is the best way they could get the book, if they need you for a book talk or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, I, that'd be awesome. I mean, um, I, I respond very quickly to all of these media. Uh, the author website is probably the best one. Okay. Um, off that website, people have the option to buy autographed copies. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just a boost. You, know, you can go on Amazon and buy the book direct. Yeah. And, and, and um, I'm just offering autograph copy okay. uh, through, through my website as just okay. as something extra, little something, mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think the, uh, it, it, you know, people wanted me to, to come and speak as again, out of left field, I didn't even consider that. So thank you for even mentioning that. <laughs> I didn't, had no idea. Didn't even think about that. Um, but you really, you want to talk to me? Uh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. so there's still a lot of this is brand new to me and, and, um, I, I will just follow it wherever it leads me. Yeah. Sounds yeah. refreshing. Sounds refreshing, Mark. That is good because I mean, it's another way of finding out again, so much more about yourself that you did not know. And that personally must be something to look forward to. So folks, we have had a very intriguing conversation with the individual described as a published author, which he does not think too much of, but he's published. The Road to Moresco by Mark Jamilkowski. And you've heard his message, you've heard his passion, and this, the semblance of what happened to those individuals in the book and the resonance of some things that emotionally he would have experienced in his life as well. As we're leaving, I want to remind you to join us for the episode, 19th episode of Breaking Out of Depression. The information is on the screen. That's going to be at 6.30 p.m. AST this afternoon on the LBW Live Channel Network. So until next time, this is Andy together with my Mark, with my guest Mark, saying so long, folks. It was nice being with you. We enjoyed your presence and your continued support. Godspeed. God bless. And remember the three watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity. All three at all times. Bye now. See you soon. Okay, so that's it. We are yeah. out. I was yep. just about to hang up. I didn't know if I was supposed to hang around. <laughs> Is there a post chat chat? I, I have no idea. I no yeah, idea so um, I, I normally promise people that probably a week or so from today, I would have a MP3 and MP4 copies, uh, edited version of this episode for you, for your references, your library, whatever you need to do uh, with regards to going forward and foot up. Well, when does this go live on on your, on your um 
it probably would be live on my Facebook channel, but then it, it would come down with probably within 24 hours or so, depending on how many clicks we see. Mm-hmm. And then we would have those two versions I said before coming to you probably next five days from now. Well, what I probably do is you through the podcast, I know you have a website where you have the, the recordings, right? Yeah. When does it show, when is, when will it show up there? Like in a week or so? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So what I'll do when it shows up there, I'll push it out to, uh, I'll be, I'll give that link to that broad base site mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of try to get people to sign up for your yeah. podcast. Okay. I appreciate that. I'm not like, I'm, you know, I don't have millions of followers and, and <laughs> I don't have some sort of massive uh, social media channel to, to help you out much there, but I'll do what I can. Hey, that's all right, man. That's fine. And you, you had an amazing interview. It was quite different, really fascinating. What made it so different I... and interesting and fascinating? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mark. Okay. Take Very care now. Bye now. All right. Bye.